0: Hey, everyone. Live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck, and this is Sports In-Depth. What's up, everybody? It's JD here. Missed y'all last week. Can't wait to get rolling this week. I wanted to start in the NFL and move on to the NBA. Carson Wentz. Dealt to Indianapolis for two draft picks. I'm very happy for the Colts and Carson Wentz. A fresh start in Indy after Phillip Rivers retired. And I think this is going to work out for Wentz. He's behind an amazing O-line led by Quentin Nelson. And he's got weapons. Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Pittman downfield. This is going to be good. He's in a division that he can win. He's capable of it. And he's in an organization that really wants him. And on the other end of things, Jalen Hurts, the QB1 commander-in-chief over in Philadelphia. He earned the job. Very happy for him. I wasn't sure if he'd be a starter in this league as soon as he became one. And both players, I hope, do well. I think they will. Because keep in mind, folks, the Philadelphia Eagles... And the Indianapolis Colts have exactly who they want at the quarterback spot. Transitioning into the NBA, Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid, top of the East. And I wanted to hit the brakes here and enjoy this one for a moment. Joel Embiid, MVP conversation, playing basketball at a high level and introducing everyone to what bigs can really do, not just post and toast. They can hit the three. They can hit the mid-range. They could spin and get to the cup, not just sky hooks and post up and make a move and dunk or lay it in. I think Embiid is showing us that he's carrying the city of Philadelphia on his shoulders, and it doesn't hurt to have Ben Simmons at the one, an outstanding defender and a great point guard who gets his players open. And how about Danny Green bringing him over from L.A.? Tobias Harris being a solid number two. For that organization. And I think Philly. And transitioning into Brooklyn being right there. Those are the two teams that everyone has their eyes on. They need to beat these two to get out of the East. And Brooklyn, it's working. I'm really excited for Kyrie, James, and KD. A lot of hate going into these three teaming up saying, hey, there's not enough balls on the floor. But everyone is agreeing Kyrie said to James, you are the point guard. I'll play the two. Run the show. Get everyone open. That is what you're good at. And let's not forget, James Harden shoots at a high level. Draws fouls at a high level. Takes it to the cup. Floaters in the lane can shoot from anywhere on the floor and Kyrie just difficult finishes. I mean, I was listening to Mark Jackson on Sunday night when it was uh Clippers Nets and Nets ended up pulling it off by 4 and Kyrie, everyone was just praising him, especially Mark and I, finishing with both hands around the rim through contact. Folks, what he does is not easy. It can finish with both hands anywhere on the floor, and Kyrie is a generational type talent. I know people are saying KD's the main guy, Harden's gonna pick it up in this offense, and then there's Kyrie. But Kyrie, man, he's an all-star. He's one of the best in the league, and I'll say it right here. We can agree to disagree, but Kyrie is a top three point guard in this game, along with Stefan Dame, and he shows he can score, assist, run the floor. He's getting better defensively, and I really appreciate that. And the Nets, they haven't all been healthy as well. Kevin Durant is currently out with a hamstring injury, and James and Kyrie are still carrying the load, beating the Clippers with Kawhi and PG both playing. I'll get into a little bit of what bothered me towards the end of that game right now. Paul George did not finish the game on the floor. He was on limited minutes, and that's not acceptable. I was listening to Scott Van Pelt late night. Load management is not the way to do things. I say this because these guys prepare a lot in the offseason to be full-on ready to play every game. Look at LeBron James at age 36. He's playing night in and night out. How come guys like Joel Embiid, like Paul George, these guys have to sit back-to-backs? And also in a close game, Clippers would have had a chance at really winning the thing if PG-13 was on the floor. Um, That bothered me a little bit. Why have limit restrictions when there's two minutes left in the game? You can't go two more minutes? That bothered me yesterday. quiet had to carry the load and came up just shy. I'll tell you, these guys have to start playing more back-to-backs, and they have to play. Not on limited minutes. Some of these guys are in their prime. If you cannot play full minutes now, when can you? And, yeah, with all that, I was I was pretty excited and, and a little upset, too, because part of me is like, Paul George gives everything he has on the floor. And the coaching staff is overthinking it. You saw Steve Ballmer, the owner, on the sideline, his excitement. He doesn't want Paul George out of the game. Tyron Lue stuck to his decision of doing it. Paul George in the postgame interview said he wanted to be out there, folks. Come on. This guy can flat out play, and he could play numerous minutes. But moving on, Utah Jazz, Salt Lake City on the rise. Shout out my Uncle Rick out there. They're playing well. Mike Conley fitting his role, controlling the tempo of that offense. And how about Donovan Mitchell? Looks like a man who responded to Shaquille O'Neal saying, I don't know if Don could get to that next level. Donovan Mitchell is proving that he's an all-time scorer. That man can flat out shoot from the perimeter mid-range and finish around the cup. And how about Bogdanovich, someone who could flat-out shoot along with Joe Ingles. They could shoot a three off the dribble or off the catch. I mean, catch and shoot is their forte, but Bogey can create his own. And how about Rudy Gobert? That man got a big contract for a big reason. Defensive player of the year. He can flat-out Contest, box out, rebound, cause steals, and Rudy's doing a good job. I know people say he's limited offensively, but the Jazz need him to do one thing, finish around the rim, catch lobs around the rim, and he's doing just that. In today's day, if you don't have a big that can shoot, you need them to have a high field goal percentage around the rim, and that's what Rudy does. And how about Jordan Clarkson off the bench, just popping from three, shooting at an all-time level. And what's more important is the field goal percentage is high. And I give Jordan a lot of credit. He's really clicking here. He's embraced his role off the bench. 6 man of the year candidate right here. And how about Quinn Schneider? When things don't work, he makes changes. He makes adjustments. He doesn't, he's not a stubborn coach who sticks to his way. He follows analytics of the game. And analytics take you far today. Analytics teaches us a contested two is not good if you have an open three. Shooting the deep ball is big in this league. And drawing fouls is also big as well. I know in the 80s, 90s, it's like play through contact, no whistle. But today's day, the refs do blow the whistle more times than not. And drawing fouls, like James Harden does, is part of the player's skill set. They want to know how to draw fouls, get to that free throw line, get two easy ones. So, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, as I mentioned earlier, the teams to watch in the East. In the West, who we were just talking about, Utah, and Lakers and Clippers are always going to be in that conversation. LeBron James, he's out there without Anthony Davis at the moment. And with an injured AD, I don't know how far they can go. Hopefully he comes back healthy and they click right in rhythm. But LeBron James is doing everything he can. He needs more help. Guys like Wes Matthews, guys like Kyle Kuzma, you know, Marcus Saul. these guys are going to have to be able to shoot at a high level. Montrez Harrell is contributing off the bench. But with Schroeder out as well, I think Dennis Schroeder and Anthony Davis are such big parts of the Lakers, man. After LeBron, it's them. And LeBron can carry the load against teams sub-500. But teams above 500, he's going to need some help. And it all starts with Anthony Davis and Dennis coming back. And the Clippers. You heard earlier I wasn't happy with how they're load managing. But they will be there at the end of the day. They did not have a great bubble experience. Paul George did not play too well, but he said at the beginning of this year he's got something to prove, and I agreed too. He's got to show he can do what he does in the regular season, in the postseason. What makes all-time greats is how they perform when it matters most. Quai Leonard proved that time and time again. Now it's Paul's turn, and uh, Clippers, besides all that, they're in pretty good hands. Tyron Lue is the new coach, of course, replacing Doc Rivers. I don't know if I 100% agree with that move. But Lue has a championship with LeBron James in 2016. He has that kind of experience. So if he could take these Clippers to that next level, then he'll be the man in charge for years to come. And I also like, guys, what Luka Doncic brings to the floor. I wanted to talk a little bit about Dallas And a little bit about the Miami Heat. I love Luka and how he plays. But he needs help. And over in Miami, Jimmy Butler is going to need more help than he's getting. These are playoff teams that are in the hunt as of now. And KP over with Mark Cuban's Dallas Mavericks. He can play and he can shoot. But I want to see him a little bit better defensively. Facing up and guarding people one-on-one. Boxing out and rebounding. And also offensively, be physical. You know, you're over seven feet. You don't have to just settle for jumpers. Embrace some contact in the lane. Try to finish through contact. Try to get to the free throw line. That's going to be big. I mean, Luka does have some pieces. Jalen Brunson's been great off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr., they've been okay, but they've been streaky, and they've been having a tough time closing games. I do think, all in all, Dallas will be in the postseason. But as of now... There's improvement needed to be made, and I think it's all going to start with uh, Rick Carlisle, the head coach, showing that, hey guys, we need effort on both ends of the floor. I noticed that Dallas, when they win games, it's a high-scoring game. They have to dig deep and win games defensively as well. Yeah, some of the teams I'm watching for there, some of my favorites as well. And lastly, just what Chris Paul is doing before I get into our deep dive. Chris Paul, what he's doing for Phoenix, that leadership role, teaching Devin Booker late-game decisions, how to make them. DeAndre Ayton, they're developing a big... I always joke with my buddies, wherever Chris Paul goes, leadership is at an all-time high. His IQ, through the roof. Late-game decisions, through the roof. That's something to be said about a veteran aging gracefully. So uh, good for Chris. Um, They're going to be in the playoffs out of the West. And uh, good luck to Phoenix, Charles Barkley's favorite place in the world. So moving on to the deep dive, what makes professional athletes great? And I'm going to mainly talk about the NFL and NBA. Tom Brady, for example, seven Super Bowl rings. But what I'm more impressed by is the individual accolade of five Super Bowl MVPs. Just like Michael Jordan, six rings, yes, but six finals MVPs. That part is just impressive. When you win the whole thing, it's because of the team. And what makes an individual great is what? All-star game appearances, league MVPs, defensive player of the year. That's what takes you to that next level. I mean, look at LeBron James, for example. He's a four-time league MVP as well as a four-time champion. Showing that individually, he's so effective. Just like Charles says on Inside the NBA with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq goes, Charles, do you feel your career is incomplete without a ring? Chuck goes, not at all. And I agree with Chuck. He says, I did everything I could day in and day out. The rest is up to the team. I wasn't on an all-time great team to beat the Chicago Bulls with Mike. But I brought everything I could and I didn't join a super team. I didn't recruit all-stars to come to me. I played my way. And if I couldn't win it this way, then so be it. And that's something to be said. Rings, of course, takes people over the edge and puts you on the Mount Rushmore for your sport. But individual accolades make you just as great. Think about it. Even transitioning into baseball, Alex Rodriguez only won world championship, That guy's one of the best I've ever seen with a mitt on. So it depends what team you're on. Think about it. The Golden State Warriors were a super team with five all-stars in their starting five. How are you going to beat them if you ain't joining a super team? So always focus on the individual accolades as much as you do championships because you got to be in the right position to succeed. Would Tom Brady have six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots without Bill Belichick in that organization? Probably not. And in the Tom-Bill discussion, I do go with Tom, but he was in a position to succeed. His defense was doing well during those years. His offense, he made everyone around him better, as well as playing with people like Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman. So you got to be put in the right spot. I also like to look at it this way. Let's look at individual accolades because say you put Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees with Bill Belichick, they might have six too. So it's sometimes about what you bring to the game. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. He's a three-time league MVP. He proved this year that he's better than anyone else. But in the playoffs, his team couldn't stop Tom Brady. So what's Aaron going to do about that? You know, um, especially in football where you play one side of the ball. So all in all, and I would love for people to tweet at me at JD Sports one for your opinion on what makes professional athletes great. But I think it's as much or more on the individual accolades than the team accolades. Keep in mind, I'm speaking from Fort Lauderdale right now. I'm on vacation, but that doesn't stop us. See y'all next week. J.D. out.
1: mm yeah.